Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Coming up on DTNS, should software be protected? The Queen of England is on the cutting edge of tech, and a new era in aeronautics presages a great era in flight. It's the biggest tech stories of this, the year of our Lord, 1976. This is the Daily Tech News Show, best of 1976. Here, celebrating the bicentennial in Greenville, Illinois, I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Santa Cruz, I'm Sarah Lane. And I'm the show's producer, Roger Jane. Let's look back at the top tech stories of 1976. Some of us may be time travelers and uh, <laughs> occasionally show knowledge that we possibly shouldn't have. Just bear with us. Uh, Microsoft's Bill Gates wrote an open letter to hobbyists, first published back in February of 1976, in the Homebrew Computer Club newsletter in Mountain View, California. It was also published in the Micro 8 Computer User Group newsletter, as well as Computer Notes, Mini Computer News, People's Computer Company, and Radio Electronics Number 5. The letter was in response to users copying code to implement BASIC on the MITS 680B, which is based on Motorola's 6800 processor. Of course, we all know hardware has to be paid for, but software is just something you put into the hardware. Uh, you can just copy it. And Gates objects to this because it means that he and his friends are selling fewer quote-unquote copies of their version of BASIC, which Gates argues costs money to develop. He also argues that this prevents good software from being written because there's no financial incentive for people to sink in the investment to write good software. Gates asked people to voluntarily pay for the software that they have copied. <laughs> good luck with that. And <laughs> gave out the company's New Mexico address for such purpose, as well as welcoming suggestions or comments, which I thought was nice. Gates wrote, quote, Nothing would please me more than being able to hire 10 programmers and deluge the hobby market with good software. Oh, wow. Uh, where do we start with the idea of, <laughs> in 1976, people being like, hold on, so if somebody could just, like, steal software? That isn't right. They should. They should not do that. 
No, I, Bill Gates obviously doesn't understand the hobbyist world he's living in, or perhaps uh, he ju- he does understand it and is trying to bully people into paying for something that's free. Software is free in 1976. I, the idea yeah, that that you could yeah, that you can hold software in not that for you, long that you could not somehow. Well, I don't know where you're getting this idea I, from, Sarah. Lee. I I would like to interject uh, that I would like to draw an analogy, if if I may. Uh, you are allowed to write on a blank piece of paper any sort of letter, correspondence, piece of fiction, or or perhaps an observation, and submit it and hand it out free to anyone that would be willing to read it. However, we author we also have authors, reporters. Uh, people who also use the same system in order to jot down their thoughts, and yet they demand some level of compensation. For a journalist, it's to be paid by a newspaper. For an author, it's to be paid for their book by their publisher. I mean, is it any different? I get where you're coming from, Roger, but traditionally, software is just the thing that makes the hardware run, and you're taking away my right to run it the way I want because maybe the way I want to run the software is similar to someone else. Uh, I don't want to get into a George Harrison situation uh, where I'm getting sued by the chiffons because my sweet Lord is similar to he's so fine. Uh, I don't want that to apply to software. I want software to be like a recipe. If I have a recipe for a great uh, mushroom casserole, uh, I'm not going to get sued by the Campbell's company for passing that along. Recipes are free. Anybody can make them because everybody cooks. Same with software. Everybody writes software. You can't say my recipe for executing instructions on the chip is is somehow protected. That's ridiculous. Yeah, but like if you had a player piano, would you not play for the music scroll that would be needed for it to play? The music, or do you think all that music that's been 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 pre uh, pre processed uh, be allowed f- uh, free access by anyone who wants it without payment or compensation? It's a, it's whether do we want software to be treated as as a as music or as as uh, as food? That that's really pretty much what it comes down to. Turns out, Tom, you have to pay for both. No, you don't. No one pays Not for software. Not in 1976. No one pays for software Listen. in 1976. Why do you think Bill Gates had to write letters <laughs> to hobbyists? Sorry, letters? it's hard for me to... I, I'm like, wait, no, we're in 1976. <laughs> got it, got it. Um, well, Time speaking travels. of 1976, a, a little thing happened on the way to the theater. Uh, Homebrew Computer Club member Steve Wozniak and his partner Steve Jobs took the world by storm with an affordable, adaptable, open microcomputer called the Apple for $666.66. Ha ha. Offered a video terminal and eight kilobytes of RAM on a single PC card. Hey, how about that? The company emphasized that uh, its version of BASIC is free and has stated that, quote, our philosophy is provide software for our machines Free or at minimal cost. See, Apple gets it. Steve Wozniak gets it. The software isn't where you make the money. Uh, People will write software. They'll want to write software for their machines. This is an ingenious mini computer, though. This is, uh, you know, a a very efficient board 
that Wozniak has made here. That's it's it's really incredible. I'm impressed because as we all know, coming from the Altair and, and other hobbyist kits, this this goes some way to reducing the the gap between the everyman and the enthusiast who prefers to work on their own electronics mm-hmm. and has the know-how, the tool set, and frankly the time to put one of these together. I think in the future we might see more of these and perhaps a completed model uh, from you know a large uh, retailer like a Montgomery Wards or a J.C. Penney's mm. or even a Macy's. I, I yeah, I think what I love about this is all you need is the case, really, uh, you know. And Apple's talking about possibly offer, offering a second version of its computer uh, that that would include the case. Can you imagine how accessible that would be if? You know, everyone, not just us, but everybody could just pick up a computer, plug it in I, and start going. I think I think I'm most impressed by the included video terminal. I mean, like having some form of video output instead of just outputting straight to a printer. Yeah. Uh, or or heaven forbid, even just like a punch card, mm-hmm. I think is is pretty impressive considering uh, the price that they're asking. I mean, that's that's relatively cheap. I mean. I mean, my 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 mom's my mom's bank uh, uh, had to put down more than two million dollars. Oh yeah, the for a computer is, just is, to, it, just it, to, is like nothing for for yeah. a computer. Your mom's bank had to put down two million dollars. Yeah, to pay for to pay for a mini computer that did the. Wow. Uh, I mean, she t- she had to spend an entire course at uh, the University of San Francisco to learn how to program it on punch cards. I have stacks of them at home. Wow. That is it, is, crazy. it is the most impressive feat. <laughs> Imagine, Sarah, though, if you didn't have to do that, if you could just buy a computer already in a case, you don't have to do any assembly even. And Sounds plug it into great. Your, like your television as your yeah, display. I don't want and, that hassle. And and it comes with basic. How crazy is that? You don't need to understand how the chip works. You have a very <laughs> easy to use. Six hundred sixty-six dollars and sixty-six cents. You have I a mean, very you have a very easy human understandable programming language basic i mean it's as forgive the pun as basic as you can get and that price is only going to come down right i mean that that sure it seems like a lot in 1976 i'm guessing an apple computer in 10 years will cost you like a hundred bucks oh well you know we we are in a period of uh, high inflation so maybe 300 bucks sure yeah i mean 76 you know kind of crazy year bicentennial after Mm -hmm. all Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, who knows? Who, who knows? knows? All right. Electronic mail. I, I, I know most of you all out there have heard of it, uh, but it's a perk that's available to people who work in academic institutions, military institutions, people who have access to ARPANET uh, and know how to work the system. But that may be changing. Back in March, while visiting the Royal Signals and Radar Establishment in Malvern, England, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II sent an electronic mail of her own. Uh, The Royal Signals and Radar Establishment had just implemented electronic mail, uh, and the the Queen becomes the first head of state to send electronic mail. Of course, one of the first people to send it. There's not that many people using it. She was identified on the system as HME2, Her Majesty Elizabeth II. Uh, The Queen announced a new language available on the system in her electronic mail, which read, 
This message to all ARPANET users announces the availability on ARPANET of the Coral 66 compiler provided by the GEC 4080 computer at the Royal Signals and Radar Establishment, Malvern, England. Coral 66 is the standard real-time high-level language adopted by the Ministry of Defense. I love how you were like kind of doing her voice, even though totally clearly she did. She yeah. didn't actually write this. Mm-hmm. I I I felt the pinky finger with the teacup <laughs> a little. My head as this message to all ARPANET users adopted by the Ministry of Defense. Ah, uh, it's. I mean, can you this this I think signals. This is this is uh, honestly like okay. I I know we're. I know we're supposed to be in 1976. So, like, we're let's totally say I'm in 1976 at this point. Yeah, no, we are. We're, we're totally, we totally are. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's... Gerald Ford. Feels very, uh, I don't know, forward-thinking on the part of the... Uh, the queen. Majesties. Yeah, the, the, queen, <laughs> the queen is very tech-forward. Uh, it's not the first, Apparently so. you could, you could write this off, especially because she was obviously sending a pre-prepared message. You could write this off as like, Oh, they brought her in, told her to push a button. She probably didn't even know what was going on. She knew what was going on. Uh, in fact, I'll predict Sarah in the future, she'll have something called an iPod mini of her own. <laughs> oh, please, Tom, don't yeah. get crazy. But no, she, she historically, and I imagine it will continue that way, uh, is very interested in in technology. So even if she didn't compose the message very clearly, uh, I bet she she was curious and asked questions about how it all worked and, and, and was very, very into it. I mean, in in all honesty, for, you know, a lot of people who are like email, I I don't know, I heard about in email. the mid 90s kind of thing. This is I mean, it, this is pretty this is pretty major. Think I, think about this. In 1976, mm-hmm. this is something that 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 was happening. That sure, the consumer market wasn't you know uh, 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 wasn't available to to them, but it, but it but it already existed and it had had been going for some time. And helped this you know, helped popularize it, right? This helped yeah. get more people to understand what, it was a thing that could happen. What I find interesting is that the uh, the um, the British monarchy is so forward-looking. I mean, it's it's not just the electronic mail that that's so impressive. Is that just through the ages they've adopted a lot of new technologies like the telephone, the uh, and and a number of tele television. But I mean, they they were things that weren't just treated as mere curiosities, sure, sure but sure. as but as things that definitely have some sort of future that could be implemented not just within with the realm of like aristocracy or, or anything like that but you know a usable technology for the benefit of the nation uh, if you have a thought about something that we're talking about on the show uh, drop us a letter uh, of course we're at 11870 Santa Monica Boulevard number 106553 Los Angeles California 90025 or if you have access to electronic mail you can use that Feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then... Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Tom, who has that? I know. It's, uh, maybe this episode, Sarah, will last long into the future, past the year 2000. <laughs> And be heard by people who think of electronic mail as just a regular part of their everyday lives. 1976 saw big advances in not just aeronautics, but aerospace. So let's start with space. The first of NASA's two unmanned spacecraft sent to Mars landed on July 20th. The Viking 1 sent back photos of the Martian surface. The lander has two cameras, three analyses from metabolism, growth or photosynthesis, a grass chromatograph mass spectrometer, an X-ray fluorescence spectrometer, pressure, temperature, and wind velocity sensors, a three-axis seismometer, a magnet on a sampler observed by the cameras, and various engineering sensors. If there's someone walking around on Mars, the Viking 1 is going to find them. And let us know they're there. While the moon landing program is on pause for now, visits may become easier and more frequent thanks to the Space Shuttle. This is a reusable spacecraft that can head off to orbit and then land back on Earth to fly again. It was unveiled September 17th, and the prototype has been named the Enterprise after the famous science fiction vessel in the TV show Star Trek. They were going to name it the Constitution, but Star Trek fans still exist uh, (laughs) and wrote in to convince NASA to name it the Enterprise. In fact, the cast and producer of Star Trek were on hand for the unveiling. The Enterprise is a prototype that will be used to test out all the systems to make sure it's spaceworthy before other shuttles are built and launched into orbit. So while we wait for shuttles to begin taking us frequently to space and back, we'll be able to get around the world even faster right here on Earth thanks to a supersonic jet, the Concorde, Launched its first commercial flight January 21st from Heathrow, making it to London, making it from London to New York in two hours and 52 minutes. Quite a bit shorter than the weeks it used to take uh, our parents on a ship not that long ago. Goodness gracious. Two hours, 52 minutes. Are you kidding me? 
I'm gonna say like the uh, the 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 unmanned spacecraft to Mars is huge. I mean, until you know, until then we had to live with Bray Bradbury books, Ray Bad Bradbury books, one of those, or 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 one of those, uh, or you know, like your your old Red uh, um, Red Planet uh, movies. I think it's kind of cool. I mean, I can't wait to see when we get to see. I mean, could you, do you think there'll be like creatures and stuff though? Okay. Well, that's. I mean, thing, listen, right? it's 1976. I mean, by I don't know. Let's let's get crazy and say like the year 2000. Obviously, we'll all be living on Mars. Well, right. We are. We have sent a uh, an unmanned spacecraft to Mars. We're about to have frequent shuttles to the moon and back, basically. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we'll be able to fly here on Earth yeah, well, by mean, the year yeah. 2000. Two hours decades. and 52 minutes will be, it'll be like a half hour. You'll, you'll be able to just pop over from New York to London in a half hour. You'll be able to take a shuttle. The shuttle to the moon will take two hours and 52 minutes. And there'll probably be people headed to Mars and And, and, and there's probably going to be like a cool like place to like, you know, like, like a, like a, Cool restaurant on this is, Mars. This is literally less than ten years uh, past the the uh, release of two thousand and one in the in the in two thousand one. A Space Odyssey is yeah, going. Space Odyssey. I, I I will predict that the movie two thousand one A Space Odyssey will look dated by the year two thousand one. You'll look at it and think, oh my gosh, that we're way past that. Yeah, like, can you imagine, like, what no, they actually thought was happening? What will it look like? I mean, how can you imagine? I mean, that was so cutting edge. Like, what will it look like? I mean, it, like, my mind struggles to conceive of what wondrous things would actually take its place. Yeah. We'll we'll have we'll have incredibly fast flights. Uh, getting around the planet Earth will be nothing. You'll be able to go everywhere. Uh, we'll, we'll be, yeah. we'll be 30, 30 minutes. We'll be colonizing you know? the moon. Obviously. Doesn't matter where you live. Space shuttles flying us yeah. back and forth. Uh, and we'll, we'll be headed to Mars. Yeah. All right, Sarah, what do we got next? Uh, well, <laughs> uh, you know, kind of come keeping with the, uh, with the theme, we knew what was coming, uh, happening at the Los Alamos national laboratory. And that was the first Cray computer. Oh, yes. Super the first Cray computer. The Cray 1 installed. Not the first supercomputer, but very compact, relatively affordable, seemed pretty great to a lot of folks who were interested in it at the time. Even had a ring of benches around the outside for workers to sit on it while using it. That's how big the Cray was. And while smaller, not lesser. In fact, faster, and it's much larger uh, <laughs> than than its much larger brethren. The systems improved the performance of math operations and a- arranging memory and registers to quickly perform single operations on a set of data. Not the first to do it is the Cray, but the first to do it in a way that didn't limit performance. Very important there. How long can it be before every business can afford the price and room to have a supercomputer in the back room? I can't imagine it. You put this news together with the Apple uh, development, and you get an idea that in the future, maybe computers are in every place, you know? Restaurants, accountants, uh, and those will have Cray-like things. I bet they'll get smaller and smaller, and, and then... Apple type things for 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 the home, and everybody's sending electronic mail back and forth. 
This is supposedly, according to according to the uh, the brochures, uh, this machine will be a, uh, uh, capable of processing uh, eighty, uh, or is, is, will be capable of running at eighty megahertz. Also, like, eighty megahertz. Like the the you know you mentioned blistering. brochures. Uh, imagine, well, imagine if you will, uh, being back in the like. How do you share news? Of this like great new supercomputer brochures, where where do they go? like I don't know the you know they get dropped on people's trade doorsteps shows, yeah 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 uh, sales calls trade shows that kind yeah. of thing. But, but 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 like what are you you, ha- you have to really want to know about this to know about it. I mean, like, is this is this something just for the universities and research institutions and government no, agencies? This is much more or, affordable. Yeah, but like, how do we? How do we how do we harness this power? I mean, eighty megahertz. Just just so you know, that Apple we we were glowing over is less less than a single megahertz. Yeah. So it would take more than eighty It'd of those. Eighty apples plus. To to and it wouldn't still wouldn't be the equivalent of this processor. That this is a sixty four bit processor. I mean, right now we're working with eight bits. Yeah. And we still don't know what to do with it. Also, they're comfy. Have you ever sat on one? <laughs> I, I have not. That, I, I hope that's to see the best part of this is like, listen, when you have to like hang out with your supercomputer for a while, yeah, you can you know sit on the side and kind of be comfortable while yeah. doing so. When you're when you're you're reading the friggin' manual, you can you can just sit outside <laughs> and be like, all right, hold on, I, I'm going to confess something, Tom. <laughs> My supercomputer I, has has a cool seat. I I, I I have a confession to make. I secretly want to see if you can make some sort of game on this device mm-hmm. and what it would look like. I that mean, seems right now like we have, a frivolous use of, of all but, of this power. Right, I mean, come on! Right now we have Space War, which is a grand game, and 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 it's so much certainly. fun. But Pong certainly, ain't bad either. Certainly, can you imagine the number of people that could be able to to access this machine to play a very immersive game? Why imagine, would you, who would let people access their supercomputer to play a game, Roger? I, I, what what I'm telling you, Tom, is I think the future will be where people feel entertained as they use this technology because that will mm. coerce or at least indulge them to to use it more. I think no? I'll you stay don't, at you don't the pinball so? arcade myself. Mm. I, 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 don't, I don't see this sort of thing being wasted on on frivolous on things. games yeah yeah this is for I mean, this is for serious use it's it's for science for Roger. science for business for accounting yeah. spreadsheets yeah could be adapted into things like this yeah Instead you wouldn't having like, them spread the general out public desk. isn't gonna like need some sort of like i don't know great big old computer to do but, things but l- let but, me leave let me leave you with this thought if you had a machine this powerful you could create a simulation of a virtual world perhaps uh but in that in essence isn't that kind of a game-like reality as well i mean in the same way that space war would replicate on a very abstract level I, uh, I, I suppose maybe a small percentage might do that but I I, ima- I can't imagine it turning into an industry or anything. I mean, I'm, yeah, like imagine you, the general public caring about stuff like this. Right. No, they're not going to care about. I, that. They're not going to waste I, their yeah. money on that. Yeah. No. I suppose you're right. I suppose you're right. All right. And like and like even like you know who's who's got like an office room where they're going to 
put a computer in there and make it like the office room. Yeah, and, but you don't want you, your den is a is a is a place where you you know escape from the world. Not right, you know. right? Yeah, like yeah. I mean, no, nobody's gonna do that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy, and like the kids won't care. No, no, they're gonna be outside playing jarts. Yeah. And- and slip and slide. <laughs> Playing <yeah>. lawn darts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. I, I think we could we could we could uh, let down what little pretense we have left that it's 1976, uh, <laughs> and and give people a little kind of an overview from. Okay, we've traveled in time to 2021. Uh, I think the thing that surprised me and dis and depressed me the most in preparing the show was the aeronautics section, the one where it's like, man. I forgot. I remember all of these stories. I was six years old and I remember looking at the Viking uh, images on the news and thinking, oh, my gosh, that's Mars. That's actual Mars. I remember the space shuttle Enterprise flying on the back of an American Airlines jet uh, for its test run and thinking, we're just going to be flying up into space. It's like an airplane. Everybody will be able to get on one. And the Concorde is the most depressing one because... We don't even have the Concorde anymore. Like they retired it. We this, we can't go two hours and fifty two well, minutes from Heathrow uh, to to JFK anymore. Yeah, like like <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> We're not doing that. Well, twenty twenty one. What I find most remarkable is kind of the optimistic tone of all these news stories, and not just the way not the way they were written, but just the way people looked at things in as a very the unoptimistic time. Remember, this is yes. the middle of of the of the Ford uh, administration in the U.S., which was after Nixon resigned. Uh, trust in government, you think it's low now? <laughs> it was real low. Rampant inflation, stagflation, and the, you know there's going to be a coming gas crisis, which people the gas are, lines, think, all of that stuff. So. Yeah. I mean, there were a lot of things to look forward to. And I remember as a child, it was a little after the the, uh, the Enterprise when they launched the Columbia, which was the first space-going space shuttle. Space, yeah. We took an entire hour out of my first grade class to watch it on the TV. And our teacher kept telling us, this is a huge moment in history. This is akin to like man landing on the moon. Remember this because it will be something you'll see on a regular basis. And it was up until the last shuttle mission at the turn of the uh, 20th century, and then things kind of fell into a plateau. But the tone is so much promise, so much optimism, mm-hmm. and it is it is very remarkable, especially from the time period it came from. Also, I was trying to, to capture that, that feeling, Sarah, uh, of, of people in 1976 that, that's it's charging for software. Bill Gates was a nut. People thought Bill Gates was a greedy nut. When he wrote this letter, and it's it's just so difficult to to put yourself in that mindset in the world that we live in now, where it's like, no, you piracy is everybody agrees piracy is bad. Even people who do piracy know they're sneaking around doing something. And it was not well, that way. And 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 just like the the idea that somebody who's like, listen, I know what I'm doing, and you can't you know copy this. That's not right. And that that still isn't right. And there are a lot of lawsuits, uh, you know, uh, every day about that sort of thing. Yeah. But the fact that there 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 weren't really many software, uh, you know, I don't know. There there wasn't a lot of um, software programs to uh, copy at the time. Well, and what there was was freely traded. 
people would, I, you would, you would just give people like, Oh, you're using an Altair here. Take my program. This is what I, I worked on it. You can use it. It was that culture that Bill Gates waded into with this open letter. He was, there was no law around it at the time. Yeah. And he was trying to like, convince like, people just like, just don't hey, do it. Don't, well, don't I mean, give my stuff around. You can give your stuff around, I guess, if you want, but I'm trying to build a business over here. Sure. There was yeah. there was a and very many a lawyer was born. Well, there was a very permissive culture. If you went to any, I went to my cousin's university campus, and it was a thing. Like you went to the so, uh, software lab, you went to the computer lab, mm-hmm. and that was a thing. Like people would just have blanks. They would come in, it's like, oh, I need to to run this on the other end of campus or whatever. Because at the time, remember, home computers were still a very small niche and very expensive thing, and so most people. It wasn't like copying like a movie or or uh, music no. where you could just take it home. You you had to go to another part of the campus or a corporation. And, and people, I brought up the recipe, the cooking thing, because that's how people felt in '76, and and then for years afterwards, which is like, no, this is like, you know, maybe if I came up with a really clever piece of software, I'd protect it like a secret recipe, like Grandma did. But I'm not gonna like stop. Most people are like, yeah, yeah, sure. I, I can give you my recipe for making the computer do the thing. Like it was just a right. whole different way. And that's where that piracy clash in the 90s came from is you you had that you sure. still had that mindset clashing with the Bill Gates mindset, which is like, I want to do it differently. Let me lay out the reasons why it should be done the way I'm talking about. Uh, and and that fizzled out, I think, in during the dot-com era and now everybody's like oh yeah no software should be protected it's just a matter of how much and you know blah 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 yeah don't steal my software bro unless it's open source we've kind of cordoned off all of the hobbyist uh mentality into the open source area well if you're open source okay then you can give your software away and that's that's for you all (laughs) the rest of the business world lives around well and that was something that had to be like that wasn't that wasn't a thing. No, because you know you had you had to sort of figure out like who kind of feels like software should be shared amongst us all. Okay, open source community, great. Open source was the default in '76. They wouldn't have understood the idea of open source because they're like, well, yeah, all all source code is open. What are you, what are you talking sure. about? Sure. Why would I need to open it? it? And you're like, open. wait a second. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah, losing yeah. money. Anyway. Um, also the queen, I mean, I had to shove in the iPod thing there because I don't know if she had other examples. There probably are before the 76, but, but she definitely is tech forward and has always been so, um, I mean, it's definitely surprised. It surprised me with the more I learned back, like yeah. you know, a couple of decades ago, learning about like you know how how the Royal House of Windsor or whatever I, works. I, I have actually sat on a cray uh, at a at a uh, the the these guys down in uh, almost near Santa Cruz, actually. <laughs> oh, the the, the uh, computer barn. Yeah, the computer the, barn these... had a cray uh, that they let me they let me sit down, and it was it was padded. It was very nice. And that was <laughs> that was. I love the idea of like being like I just want to be near you, computer. Well, the, the idea yeah. was so the computer was also furniture, so you wouldn't have to like you know. <laughs> right. right. It's going to take you up a bunch of space. Else. Make it usable. Yeah. Yeah. What I what I keep forgetting is that Apple didn't start out from a business computer. Like the rest of like even oh. Commodore was was a was a business oriented you know technology company. And here's a couple of guys like yeah you know during our spare time we cobbled this together. Well, and then we're going to build a business out of it. Wozniak 
created a better hobbyist computer and Jobs was like, I can help you sell that. And and Jobs knew new technology. I'm not trying to downplay his his tech specs, but it, the Wozniak was the genius who built it. Jobs was the genius who knew how to sell it. And he knew how to sell it to other hobbyists because he wasn't selling it to businesses at first. That came later. He he was a marketing guy, but he also understood the way people used things. Like he was, or a, would he, want was a, he was a tech guy, not just a marketing guy. But you're right that his his genius was in knowing how people use things for sure. Well, folks, we want you to be like the Queen. Send us an electronic mail. Our electronic mail address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. We hope you're all having great holidays. Uh, we'll be back with live episodes coming up after the 1st of January. Uh, so come back and see us then. Indeed. And thank you for looking back on the big stories of the year 1976, y'all. What a time to be alive. I had just been born. I can't wait to see what happens in 1977, and we'll do that again next year. We'll be covering it all at dailytechnewsshow.com just as soon as they make the domain name system really widespread. I don't want to hold my breath on that. Probably come in the 80s. Yeah. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.